If you brought your Bibles this evening, we're going to turn to the book of Exodus chapter 34. Hallelujah. Book of Exodus chapter 34. Praise God. I want to preach to you a sermon entitled, Don't Look Back. I'm getting a lot of humming. Uh, you want to turn the fall back uh, off if that's on? Praise God. One, two, one, two. Don't turn me off. You've got to hear me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Book of Exodus chapter 34 this evening. We're going to be reading one verse, verse 9. Book of Exodus chapter 34, starting at verse 9. There was an elderly gentleman that uh, had lost his hearing uh, for a number of years. And he went to the doctor and the doctor was able to fit a new set of hearing aids that allowed him to hear at 100%. This elderly gentleman went back later on, back to the doctor a month later, and the doctor asked him, your hearing is perfect. I'm sure your family would have been pleased to hear that. The gentleman thought for a moment and said, Oh, I actually never told my family. I just sat around and listened as they talked around me. He went on to say, I changed my will three times. You know, I believe that every family member, having heard that report later on, would have wanted to go back. We many times say things, do things, act in ways that ultimately reveal our true heart. And as a result, there are times where we're referencing back or we wish we could go back or maybe change things. And the reality is, as many times in life, uh, there, isn't go there isn't any going back. I want to preach to you a sermon entitled, Don't Look Back, out of the book of Exodus. Chapter 34, verses 9, the Bible says these words. This is God speaking, uh, sorry, this is Moses now speaking to God. Then he said, if now I have found faith, uh, if I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go amongst us, even though we are a stiff-necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance. Don't look back. I want to look firstly this evening at the will of God is moving forward. Now when it comes to understanding the will of God, I think it's an area that many of us struggle in. I don't believe that anyone knows exactly step by step of what it is God wants us to do, whether it be instructions or whether it be being led by the Spirit. It is a challenge in everyday life as a Christian to submit ourselves to the will of God and to ultimately obey in His direction. The truth is, is that many times if we are left to our own devices, our choices lead us further away from the will of God than closer. 
We're susceptible to being deceived or led away by our own desires. As the book of James 1.14 says, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by our own desires and enticed. And so this scripture reveals that ultimately our heart is susceptible to being enticed, being led away, that there are factors in our lower nature that can be manipulated, can be ultimately drawn from the will of God into our own desires and ultimately this is where we begin our downward spiral in our lives it's difficult to rely constantly on the will of God we take circumstances in our own hands to our own destruction we think you know what this is what we what I need to be doing or this is what God wants me to do and because of our fallen nature we go down the wrong path now God in this passage of scripture is establishing his covenant with the people of Israel uh, through Moses. In this uh, passage of our text, or the chapter of our text, uh, verse 1, the Bible says, And the Lord said to Moses, Cut two tablets of stone, like the first ones, and I will write on these tablets the word that are on the first tablets which you broke. And so we know these to be the Ten Commandments. This would be uh, ultimately the law of God that would be written down literally for uh, the, the help and guidance uh, of the people of God to be able to follow, to be able to apply to their lives. Uh, and this was a significant time uh, in the children of Israel's lives that ultimately as they're leaving uh, the imprisonment, the slavery, of Egypt, they are going to be established as a people. And in this time, God said, you're not just going to be left to your own devices. You're not just going to choose for yourself which way you should live. I'm going to give you clear directions. I'm going to give you clear instructions. And this would be with God's, this would be his covenant. This would be the direction for their lives, for their, for, the, for their destiny. It will go to help them through the great victories, deliverances. They will witness great miracles. They will witness great works of the supernatural. But this would all be done with the direction of the will of God that ultimately they are to observe the commandments. They are to apply them to their lives. And this would be the direction for the millions of people that have now been liberated from Egypt. Now one thing was clear. God wanted His people to always be moving forward. It was not, let's go back to Egypt. It was not, let's bring what was Egypt into our new promised land. It was so that we would, they would go into the promised land gaining favor, growing in dominion, and ultimately growing closer to God. There will be no limitations. There would be no ultimately hindrances. This would be them and the very presence of God every single day. They would be involved in an intimate guidance. And we see this physically with His presence in the wilderness. And God led them. The Bible says in verse 21 of Exodus chapter 13, He went before them by in the day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and night and so every day 
every night was in the it was spent in the presence of God. They could see God. They could they could see His presence. And notice that the passage of Scripture says God was before them. It was never behind. It was never to the side. It was they, their eyes were constantly fixed forward. Uh, they were heading in the direction that the presence of God was. Uh, and so this was in instrumental in understanding the will of God for our lives today. If you think about the will of God for your life is forward. It is growing in what God has for you, in understanding, in wisdom, in knowledge, in all these factors. It is one step in front of the other, is line upon line, precept upon precept, and this is the will of God for each and every one of our lives. In Psalms 23 verse 2, the Bible says, He makes me lie down in green pastures, and He leads me besides the still waters. This is the psalmist that's writing. The imagery here is of a shepherd leading his sheep in the path and direction that he knows is fit for his sheep. And so you can imagine that the sheep are just fixated on the shepherd and where he goes is where they will ultimately end up. Now this becomes a reassuring factor of our lives. That if you're struggling to know if you are in the will of God tonight, let me just help you out. Are you moving forward? Are you in the same place you were the first time you came into this building? The first time you gave your heart to Jesus Christ? The first time you answered the altar call? The first time you prayed? Or have you moved forward? And this is good. This is, this is helpful. This is, this is going to help you tonight. Because many of us, and, I, and I'm, I'm confident, all of us here have in one way moved forward. We've matured. We've began to grow. There are areas of our lives that we now have dominion over, whether it be our minds, our emotions, uh, in our own families. God has done something supernatural, and this is a sign you're in the will of God. Don't get too excited tonight. Don't, don't jump up and be like, hallelujah. But that's reassuring. Because ultimately, you are fulfilling the will of God by moving forward. So I want to look secondly this evening at the will of man is backward. God has given to man the mysteries of his majesty. And in doing so, they are there not to just hear them, know them, recite them. It is for those mysteries to be applied to our lives. Now Jesus spoke this to his disciples in Matthew chapter 13 verse 11. He answered them and said, "Blessed is uh, uh, because it has been given to those who know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not uh, been given." This is when the disciples asked him, "Why do you speak in parables? Why are you speaking in this manner?" And Jesus says, "You guys, you are my disciples and the mysteries have been revealed to you." But there are others that it's not being given to. Not everyone knows. 
Because God, it's not because God is unwilling, but rather because man's heart is carnal. And this becomes the hallmark that we know that separates us from those that are ultimately serving their own God to those that are serving the one true God. 1 Corinthians 4, 1, the Bible says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. This is something that the Apostle Paul wears as a badge of honor. He says, this is what I am, I have been given the privilege of sharing the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who says they're a Christian understands this passage of scripture this or or even experiences this reality it is only for those who are heading in the will of God that ultimately God reveals the mysteries of his kingdom can everybody say amen so just being a Christian or just sorry just saying that you are a Christian doesn't necessarily put you in a place where the mysteries of God will be revealed The challenge is for you to understand that the will of man will always try to drag you back. Now something is woven into the human personality that always kicks back when there is an instruction, a clear instruction given to us by God. Our text uses the word stiff-necked. And this reveals the heart of the people of God. He's not speaking about the sinners. He's not speaking about the Egyptians. Moses is referencing to himself and his people. And nine times the word stiff-necked is found in the Bible. And all nine times are referencing to the children of Israel while walking in the wilderness. Now, what's significant about this time that the children of Israel experienced while escaping Egypt and roaming in the wilderness, and we know this when you read the book of Exodus, is that it was peppered throughout all those books with complaints back to Moses and to God and murmuring. Their attitudes towards God's direction was one that they weren't happy with. They they had the presence of God going that way. And the whole time they were going, "But, but Egypt. And they would look back, and they would look back, and they would look back, and they would, and oh, my neck hurts. They're getting a stiff neck. Now, Now, let me try to paint this picture for you. When God is moving forward and you are always looking back, you are going to get a stiff neck. And this attitude ultimately can be defined as a stubborn spirit. The whole time they were obeying the presence of God. God's going that way. It's so clear. But they kept looking back. Listen to what they said. Numbers 11 verse 5, we remember the fish we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the lemons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. They're looking back. They're moving forward, but they're looking back. 
And this was what was causing them to become stiff-necked. Listen to me. You can be coming to church and developing the attitude of a stiff-necked person. The pastor says, I want you to be here at this time. And you go, well, I'll get there when I'm ready. Ministry is at your time and your level and when it suits you. That there are standards that, the bio, that, that, our, that our church uh, serves and lives up to uh, and, and that standard where you go, well, you know, what? I'm going to do, I'm gonna do what, what I see is right. And again, you're following the presence of God. You're in church, you raise your hands. You know the God you need to be worshipping, but you're still looking back. You know what? I'm, I know God's my, my answer. He's delivered me, but I still like my little life over here. And the more that you look back, the more that you develop a stubborn spirit, and now the very presence of God is... Not good enough. Now, no one suffered more than Lot's wife. Let me set the scene. There's a place called Sodom. And this place, the sin was so bad in this city that it came up to the very heavens. And it was an offense to God. And God said, I'm going to judge this city. Uh, it is going to be absolutely obliterated. Nobody is going to survive. Uh, everything that Everyone that is judged deserves the judgment. Uh, they love their sin. Uh, they are totally living opposite to what they should be. And they know it. And so God says, I'm going to bring judgment upon that city. We know the story. Abraham intercedes for his family members. And so the angels go in to rescue Lot and his family and are given clear instructions. This is a rescue mission. You are not ultimately to... Uh, 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 you are to follow my instructions. You are to follow the angels as they lead you out. And one thing you are not to do, and that is look back. The Bible says that Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Physically, she became a statue. Now listen to me. At what point in our Christian walk do we forget that going forward is better than looking back? At what point do we think, you know what, what if I just quickly look, what about, uh, and, and we look back, uh, and here is Lot's wife that ultimately uh, is, uh, is made into a physical statue. Listen to me this evening. When you convince, when we convince ourselves that just by moving in the direction that God is going is enough to sustain our, our Christian walk, we fall for that lie. Because if we're constantly glancing back, this will not just hinder or hurt our lives. This will ultimately destroy our lives. The Bible says these people became stiff-necked or stubborn 
I want to bless you. Yeah, but, in, but I, want, I want my kind of blessing. I want to provide for you. And it's like, yeah, but you know, you didn't do it like the way you did with that person. And God's like, is this not good enough for you? God's always in front. But let me ask you this evening, what direction are you looking in? I want to look thirdly and in closing it, learning to follow God's ways. What we're dealing with tonight is destiny. Destiny is before us. God is always going to move forward. And thank God we serve a God that is patient with us. His destiny is for each and every one who chooses to follow Him and only Him. Jesus said these famous words in the book of John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. He was highlighting the direction of God's will. When you walk in His ways, you will know the truth. And in that truth, you experience real life. One of the confidence that is there when we are following God, is that He knows where He's going. We don't have to ultimately be troubled by the direction. And this is where Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, the Bible says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now this is not talking about just, uh, uh, what this is talking about is having spiritual eyes, not seeing things through the natural light, uh, but ultimately how God sees it. And so you could just imagine the children of Israel are walking in the wilderness. They're in the desert. They don't see the promised land. They don't know where the promised land is. They are being guided by His presence. And it's very easy to just turn back and go, I can still see Egypt in the distance. If we hurry, we can go back. But it's a challenge to walk by faith. It is a challenge to uh, open your spiritual eyes and say, God, uh, I don't see it, but I need you to help me see uh, where we're going. Now, listen to the power of Moses' prayer in this passage of Scripture. When he is praying this prayer, let me read to, to you again. Verse 9, it says, If now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my, uh, let my Lord, I pray, go amongst us. And even though we are a stiff-necked people, pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance. There's a few things there that we need to uh, ultimately understand. Number one is the acknowledgement of sin. This is a very clear separation that God has from us. We have a broken connection and Moses makes it very clear that we are sinners. And this is why he says, pardon our iniquity and our sin. And I think in finding the will of God and even finding or learning to follow God's ways has to do with us ultimately being willing to acknowledge our sin, that we are sinners, that in order for us to go where God's going, we have to deal with the sin that is in our lives. There are things that ultimately are holding us back, are hindering us, and if we don't deal with it, if we just carelessly overlook it, it will destroy us or remove us from the will of God. Number two is the recognition of having a stubborn spirit. Every single one of us, has, has, as a Christian, has gotten into a good old fight with God. I don't like this. 
I don't agree with this. I don't see the purpose of this. God, why is this test lasting so long? In Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And right there, we could just pause and say, everything that we think is right is wrong. Everything that we think God wants to do, I mean, you may be in the right uh, uh, arena, but you you may be terribly wrong. And so it is for you to trust God, uh, knowing that ultimately He has your best interest at heart uh, and not allow yourself to go, I know what God's doing. I know what He's up to. I know what He's going to do next. No, you don't. And so it is for us to trust in Him and lean not on our own understandings and in this acknowledge Him and He directs our path. He will direct us the more that we obey, the more that we submit to Him, the more that we say, God, this, my life is in Your hands. Whatever You want me to do, I am here to follow and deal with my stubborn spirit. I mean, we can all be stubborn, let's be honest. Right? And look at me like that. I know we're all stubborn. And we need to be careful that we don't remove ourselves from the will of God. That when a challenge comes, it's it's a challenge for a reason. It is so you don't rely on your own abilities, but you rely and continue to rely on uh, the leading of God. Number two has to do with the, uh, number three has to do with the submission to God's direction. Psalms 23 verse 4, this goes on after you, lay, uh, you lead me down the still waters. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they, can, uh, they comfort me. You know, there's some, something about the peace of God. And as I was speaking to uh, Sue this afternoon, she just reiterated that reality. She said, not all the pain left. It wasn't like all of a sudden the pain was all gone. She goes, but it dramatically changed And then I just felt peace. I just felt peace. I mean, you can't trade that in for anything. That means that when you make decisions, you feel the peace of God. When you're walking in His ways, it's His peace that surrounds you. When you are putting away your stubborn spirit and you're saying, God, I need you to help me. You feel the peace of God and listen to me. This is where there is a submission. God's direction is the direction you need to take. And what comforts you is that peace of God. It says, now you're doing what I've designed you to make, for you, what I've designed you to do. This is one of the most powerful prayers in the presence of God. Because ultimately, this is what causes God to walk among us. He leads us into the destiny He has for our lives. Let me read to you that passage again. If now I find grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go amongst us, even though we are a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us as your inheritance. Here is Moses, he's saying, 
You know who we are. We're grateful that you're very patient. Don't remove us from your inheritance. Don't remove us from your blessing. Take us in. Walk amongst us. Let me close with this story. There was a recently licensed pilot. He was flying this private plane on a cloudy day and lacking experience and knowledge, he began to find that he couldn't see. He was, the, uh, the atmosphere was cloudy. It, was, uh, it, was an, uh, it wasn't a clear night. It, was, it wasn't a clear time to be flying. And because of a lack of experience, he began to panic. His lack of experience began to ultimately cause him to rely on the instruments for landing. But as he began to ultimately do this, his mind went blank. He finally contacted the control tower, began to ask for help. As they were instructing him, they're saying, this is what you need to do. We can see you. You're, you're going in the right direction. Just begin to lower down a little bit by little. He is, he is struggling to follow their instructions. And then a voice came over the radio and just said these words. You just obey instructions and we'll take care of the obstructions. Here's this thought. It's no good for us to just continue to look back. Let me just encourage you. What you've left, what's in the past, needs to stay in the past. What God has for you is always the best. The sooner you realize that, the sooner that you are willing to submit and just heed the word of God and say, I'm going to listen to you, Lord the sooner that you'll be able to land safely and your life will be of use and you'll step into all that God has for you. Don't look back. Don't look back. In God, there is a great destiny for each and every one of us. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.